Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. On this episode, we're talking about climate change, green travel, and sustainable travel around the world. Our guest, Florence Quinn, president of Quinn Public Relations, is a winner of nearly every award available in PR professionals, including being number 25 on Observer's PR Power 50 list and receiving a five-star ranking in Forbes' America's Best PR Agencies. Welcome, Florence. Hi, Leah. It's great to be here. Let's talk about climate change. Now, you have the ability to anticipate trends and cut to what's important in travel. What are some glaring examples of climate change that you remember from your travels? Well, first, I just want to comment on the word climate change, which I think is the wrong word for us to be using. It's too passive. It's not important enough. I think we should be talking about a climate crisis or an earth crisis even. I think people can relate to the word earth more. Being in PR, I'm always sort of aware of what's going to grab people's attention, how to get us to all do what we're supposed to be doing so that we can save this earth. That's a terrific thought. I haven't seen that phrase very often. Is this something you've seen a lot lately or not? It's just something I thought of on my own as I think about climate change, because I believe that COVID, I think we were on the climate change page pre-COVID, and I believe that the sea turtle with a straw in its nose gets full credit for making us truly care about climate change. Because again, we know in the world of PR, sometimes it's just one incident. This poor sea turtle we all watched on YouTube having a plastic straw pulled out of its nose. And and Lee, I looked at it last night in anticipation of your show, 120 million people around the world, at least, and I'm sure that's only a a speck of it, have seen that sea turtle. 2015, that was a game changer. Before that, when hotels would ask us to put, hang up our towels in the room, we're like, yeah, right. You just want to save money on the laundry. Now I take those, you know, 20 towels I don't need and, and carefully pile them somewhere else with all the plastic stuff I don't need. So the housekeeper will know for sure I have not touched them in the hopes that they won't be sent to the laundry or the waste paper basket. Exactly. I remember those times when we were a little bit skeptical about it, and now we know how important it is. I was trying to think of a few examples of earth crisis. I can remember to keep saying it. I like the phrase. Uh, Even in small examples, I live in Miami, and whenever there's a king tide and a full moon, you know, a high tide, very high tide and a full moon, the streets now flood, and the... uh, the red lights, it's eerie because the red lights reflect in the water and the gutters and it looks like blood. And it's a really sim- a great symbol for, for what's happening in a small way, but a very frightening way. And, and hurricanes as well are becoming more frequent and, and stronger. And we've run out of names for them. This year we had to go into, you know, one and two or something of that sort. And I've also unfortunately seen Greenland melt. I was there in 2008, and even then, which was so long ago, and it's gotten so much worse, the fishermen were complaining the fish were not not there anymore. They had to go north, and you could see all the the icebergs just just 
floating away much more than ever. And it was something to see. And I just read that uh, this year, the cherry blossoms in Japan are the earliest they've been in 1200 years. Oh, my God. I'm not sure if that's why, but I have a feeling that's why. Uh So it's all around us, I'm afraid. And look at all the forest fires from this this, this past year. I know. Let's think of what's being done to mitigate the problem. Do you have any examples besides towels? And, and, and that's a great one. It's important. Well, what else? I'll tell you an interesting thing about COVID, right? Is COVID did mitigate the problem, at least temporarily for a year, because we're not traveling, we're not in cars, we're not on airplanes, we're not buying as much as we used to, we're not going out to restaurants, um, we're just at home. And the animals are happier because they're not getting run over and the waters are cleaner because uh, we're not polluting them as much. So COVID has been interesting in that respect. And I think also, Leah, that people, that COVID has brought people closer to nature. Not sure why. You know, we know a lot of people left um, big urban cities for like places like Miami, where there's more nature, there's more sun and sea. And having gotten there because they were untethered from their offices so they could, they discovered that they really love nature and they want to be in nature. So I think that all, all bodes well for the planet. And certainly, um, you know, in our business of hospitality, our hotels are embracing this every which way they can to the extent that they can. I mean, it was because of that sea turtle that hotels immediately started banning plastic straws. Right. And, and many, many hotels have done that. Um, and now we have the privilege of working with Banyan Tree which has always in its DNA been very harmonious with nature. So this is not new to them, but they're really having their moment now. They're already doing meatless Mondays and you can take a workshop on how to recycle paper. And for Earth Day this year, they will plant a sustainable tree for every night booked. So I'm really proud of them and happy to be representing such a great brand. That's wonderful. Uh, talking about appreciating nature, I know just on my walks here in Miami, I, I have listened to the birds. I, I listen to mockingbirds right now. They're singing their songs, and I never really listened as closely, I have to say. I had something in my, you know, I was listening to music or something, but I'm not listening to anything but the birds right now. I do, I do feel when I go and travel and I see the wind turbines, the forests of wind turbines, even outside of Palm Springs in this country, but Ooh. all over the world, it does make me feel at least we're, we're getting in the right direction. And I did visit in the Netherlands a huge complex uh, with, uh, you know, huge floodgates and so forth, uh, trying to keep that country from flooding. That's much of it is under under sea level and, and they've done a terrific job. They even have training, I read, for children. They have to learn to swim with their clothes on. They're so aware. Oh my God. Yeah. Ah. So that's, yeah, that's that's amazing. But it's 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 what you have to do today. And in China, I have to say I took three trips there and the last one a couple of years ago, I finally saw some blue sky. And I know there's a tremendous number of green restrictions in China. So that's helpful. There are a lot of people over there and it's turning the skies blue. Here are some, I'm going to write, say a list of some things that are pretty basic. We can talk about it, but things we can do to make a positive impact on the earth. Uh, one is to bring reusables with us when we travel. Mm. Do you carry? Oh my God. 
I I know your your uh, listeners can't see it, but you can see my. I water can see bottle. it. This water bottle goes everywhere with me, even if I'm traveling on frequent point frequent flyer points in first class. As soon as I get to my seat, I hand over that plastic bottle. I hand over that little amenity kit that I do not need. Get rid of all that waste, and I've got my water bottle, and I've got my own food. <laughs> You're excellent and reusable. I will say. <laughs> what is, what about recycling? Um, well, most places have recycling now, so you're aware of that. Yeah, it's a requirement. But we just started composting at home, so that's well, that's exciting. hard on the road. That's harder on the road. Yeah, but um, we're telling our hotels if they're not already doing it that they should be composting as well as our restaurants. And we have one hotel in Cape Cod, a lovely hotel run by Phil Baxter. Um, Seshwood Harbor House, and he doesn't allow any styrofoam on property. Excellent. And doesn't give out any plastic bottles. They can use the tap water, and he does composting. And then we have a hotel in Fort Worth, Texas, that is the first hotel in the world to be powered through Ethernet cables. God knows how they do that. I have no idea, but it reduces uh, the energy consumption by 30%. And they even Mm -hmm. let guests help power the hotel. So if you go on a bike in the workout room, you're actually helping to power the hotel. Wow. (laughs) And I I have to say, while maybe these are big steps, I think the more people are doing this, it brings awareness to all of us that we really have to change our habits radically to really save the earth. And when we travel, we can support local conservation. That's another thing. We can hire a guide service, for example, where part of the proceeds goes towards conservation, or we can donate to local efforts, or we can just do simple things like sticking to designated areas to protect the local vegetation and leave no trace of ourselves. Mm. You know, the little extra step, just maybe clean up after ourselves a little more at a beach or a park. Uh, and through volunteerism, you can also do even more. There are many groups who are doing that. You can check that on, on the web. How about carbon offset? What do you know about that? Well, the real culprits of that are, are really not travel. It's really our dependence on fossil fuels. So I guess travel falls under that. Well, the for, planes, the planes yeah, that the use planes the fossil fuels. The I think cars. They, yeah. Yes. And then the, thir- the second one is deforestation. And the third one is agriculture, animals. The industrialization of animals produces a lot of greenhouse gases. I'm personally a vegetarian trying to be a vegan. Um, so I'm very aware of this, but I'm really, uh, I'm a vegetarian for humanitarian reasons because of the hum- inhumanity to the animals. But, um, you know, the more we can consume less to meat, the better. As far as reforestation, I will say when I was a child, I remember planting a tree uh, in Israel, not really planting it, but saving pennies to go toward planting a tree as a child. And that was when Israel was a, a young nation, mostly desert. Years later, when I returned, I planted a tree in person. And it was so touching to know that somewhere in the forests, and there were many, many green forests then, over 50 years later, that my tree was standing tall. So that's something that, you know, has been around a long while in some areas of the of the world. But I think we have to be more aware of our carbon offset, Agreed. for sure. 
Totally agree. How about eating local? I mean, I think that we all know we should shop in local markets and it's healthier. And But the slow eating movement, which started in Italy in the 80s, has led to a movement called slow travel. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, I love slow travel. And I think that's here to stay. And I think that also got amplified during COVID. Someone, I think it was an editor at Travel and Leisure said on a panel, that's no longer about where I'm going to vacation, but what house am I going to go to next, which is part of the slow travel movement, go one place and stay there for a while and just live the way you would live at home, which I think includes less consumption and being more mindful of one's environment and nature. Um, I personally have a garden here at home in Westport, Connecticut, where I live, which is very satisfying to be able to just eat from the garden as much as we can. Um, and of course, we have a lot, a lot of hotels are doing that. A lot of chefs are into gardening and having gardens and farm to table as much as possible, which is a wonderful movement. In terms of travel, there are tour operators who are actually having special longer stays of a month or more at many resorts. They're, they're, they're turning their, their fast travel into slower travel. And cruise lines like Azamara and other, other lines are staying more overnights at ports. So this is something that we've been doing a little bit for reasons of slow travel and sustainability, but also because people want to stay longer now. I think this idea of rushing around and not seeing what we're doing, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, it isn't working so well. So I think you're right. The pandemic has made this even more obvious. I know the next trip I'm taking is, is a, I'm booking a house for a month. I'm not going far. I'm just going to stay somewhere and enjoy it. And are you I'm just not, vacationing or are you also going to work from there? I'm going to, I'm going to work a little bit from there, but it's just to get away and to, and to enjoy somewhere else. It's, 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 you know, the same thing, the same reason I travel to, to enjoy a place, to learn about it. Right. And now that we can work remote, as so many of us can, and I think we'll continue to be able to do going forward, we can yep. go and live somewhere for a month and Absolutely. work and, and enjoy the new scenery. The workcations. Yeah. The new word, right? How about public transport and slower transport? Um, have you noticed more of that lately? You know, that's a tougher one. I mean, we represent VistaJet, and they are all about trying to become sustainable. It's just a very big effort and a very big spend for the airlines and for vehicles. I would say that trains are more eco-friendly than planes and then bikes are more friendly than, tra than trains and feet are friendliest of all. You can always walk short distances. And if you drive, drive short distances, especially in an electric car, if you can, and use public transportation. I don't think buses are generally comfortable but it cuts down on your carbon footprint substantially, the more of us who do that. Also, people can use Ubers, right? That, Instead yes. of renting a car that just sits there and you don't use that much, you just, you know, the sharing economy is good for the, uh, the climate and the earth and, and using an Uber instead. And a lot of our hotels are, or at least the ones that can, are creating walking tours and walking paths. Because, as you say, people are walkers. And I think COVID, again, has turned us into 
a country of walkers. I don't know about you, but I've never walked so much before <laughs> in <my> life. <laughs> I know in travel that I, I did a piece on this, an episode on it, but pil- pilgrimages are becoming bucket list items to travel to different places and then walk for a week or so. It's very popular for a variety of reasons. Now, you're very animal aware, obviously. What else besides being vegan or vegetarian when you're traveling? What can you do? What do you suggest? I am really anti-plastic, again, because of that sea turtle. So wherever I go, even if I'm at the takeout counter, I tell them if I'm buying some coffee, it's got to be in a paper cup. And I tell them, do not give me that plastic top. I do not want it. Um, Do not give me a plastic bag. I'm just going to put everything in my backpack. So I'm very mindful of that and very mindful of composting and really plastic, very focused on plastic, Mm -hmm. just sort of as I make myself more and more mindful of plastic, I'm just amazed at how much of it we use every day, right? Even a a Chinese takeout order. How many of those little plastic bags come in a Chinese takeout order with all that stuff you just immediately throw into the garbage? It's sad. Well, I think that's one thing. You can also research the companies that are animal affiliated beforehand and the ones that try to protect the natural habitats. Uh, One of them I looked up is uh, Atlantis Paradise Island in the Bahamas. They are doing conservation work with marine life through something called Atlantis Blue Project Foundation for Animal Rehabilitation and dolphins. And then there's another called the Pacific Whale Foundation in Hawaii, which tries to save whales, dolphins, and the oceans. So you do a little research now and try to stick with the companies that are more aware, I would say. I will also in Hawaii, one of our clients, Aqua Aston Hospitality, they have 25 plus properties in Hawaii. They were instrumental in getting the government to ban SPF sunscreens which destroy the coral reef. They, they launched a big wow. public awareness campaign around these bad sunscreens, and they started distributing an ocean-friendly sunscreen of their own um, and were instrumental in making a government change. Because, Lee, in the end, we need government. We need government to tell us, no, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, I didn't know about the sunscreen. I I I I have to check that out, but I have big quarts of it with S you know, all that stuff in it that's not good. So I'll you should be careful. It might not be good on your skin either. I know. I, I just know. bought the I just bought the ingredients to make my own sunscreen. Oh, okay. I'll try that. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. That's called slow sunscreen. <laughs> uh let's talk about souvenirs, bringing things back. I know that the best ones for me are always the ones that are made locally and they do have a lower environmental impact. I, I can remember the beadwork I've taken back from Africa, the bolas, the beautiful mm. embroideries in Panama, the masks and so many. Those, those are the things I remember and that I care about. What about you? What do you remember? You know, it's funny. We're just, um, we're just recommending to a client that they have some giveaways. And we told them that they can't have any plastic in any of the giveaways. So for me, that's number one. And for me, number two, yes, anything local that might help the local economy, uh, that might be sustainable for the local economy, I'm all for as a souvenir. But one souvenir that I'm not as eager to take as I used to be is pieces of nature from itself. 
or as I might bring a rock home, or I, I remember getting some beautiful big pine cones from Monterey in California. I just want to leave nature where it is. Uh, it is interesting. I don't think about that. I have taken rocks myself and, uh, you know, I have a whole rock collection and now I'm going to look at it again and wonder if I should have left it. <laughs> I take good care of it, but and there were lots of them on the ground. I guess I felt I could take them. Uh, I never thought about that. Okay, you're, you're teaching me. How about one thing you know the most about perhaps of all of this is eco-friendly accommodation. There's something called uh, leads approval. Tell us about leads approval and if we should look for it. In a- I mean, leads approval ca- comes out of the commercial real estate industry. And it's a bit of corporate speak. I'm not sure it's the first place I would go. And I believe it actually costs money to get LEED approved. What so, are the other accredited accreditations? I'm not sure I would look for an accreditation. I would just look for something that made sense, like uh, alternative, like running a, a facility with alternative energy sources, like the hotel in uh, Fort Worth, the Sinclair that I mentioned, you know, solar and wind. You mentioned the wind turbines out in California. I'll actually be passing those at the end of this month on my way to Joshua Tree. I love um, Joshua Tree. <laughs> By the way, they're not trees, they're bushes, right? We know Are that. they? Yes. It's my first time going there. Yeah, they're bushes, but let me call them trees. Well, we can try to make sure that the hotel has a recycling program. Yes. That it uses energy efficient bulbs, that it has green laundry standards. Those are simple things. I, I guess today we can expect that. We should expect that at a minimum. Agree. At a minimum. At a minimum. Are there any other examples of, of really terrific, creative, you know, green travel hotels that you can tell me about? A couple examples, maybe. One of my favorites, because I love animals, is uh, back at Seshwood Harbor, Harbor House on Cape Cod, Philip Baxter's place. He has a family of five goats and they actually trim the lawn. <laughs> so that I've seen. The <laughs> <laughs> I love that they jump up and down when they do. Oh it. God, they are, they just eat the grass and <laughs> the people love these goats. That's clever. It's, it's just bringing us back to nature again. And the more that we can bring people close to nature up close and personal, the more we will see who these animals are and we will see what the land is and we will have a relationship with it and a love for it and an affinity for it. Well, we've had some very interesting conversation here. The name of the podcast is Places I Remember. So Florence, can you give us a memory you have relating to Echo Travel that you think would be a good ending to this? Oh, Leah, I have a great one. So I have climbed Mount Washington and stayed at the huts at the top of Mount Washington. Have you ever done that? It's very windy. I know that. (laughs) It is very windy. It's one of the most difficult and dangerous hikes in the U.S. because of the changes in the temperature up there. The last time I was up there, we had wind velocities of 30 miles per hour because we're above the tree line uh, with gusts up to 70 miles per hour. But the real reason why I'm talking about Mount Washington, Leah, is you must carry out everything you carry in. Your nothing stays on that mountain that you went up with. It goes up on your back and it comes back on your back. And what a beautiful lesson and real opportunity it is 
to participate in that kind of uh, ethos and ethics. That's obviously stayed with you a while. Have you just done it once or more than once? I've done it maybe five or six times, including on New Year's Eve, where it was only the, the crampons on our boots and the ice picks that kept us on the top of the mountain. The water on my back actually froze. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've done it a number of times. It's quite rustic up there. Oh, very rustic. And I would assume very cold on New Year's Eve. That, yeah. Icy cold, like you said. Well, thank you, Florence Quinn. I hope that we all become self-aware travelers to preserve the wonders of the world. It's a beautiful world. We want to keep it that way. Here, here. Thank you you for your help towards that effort with this podcast. You're welcome. Thanks, Leah. Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember. So follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, Places I Remember, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>